Welcome back to Leaders of Color. I'm your host, Sarisha Iyer, and on today's episode, we are joined by Jamila Touré. Jamila was born in Côte d'Ivoire, raised in Morocco, is French, and living in Montreal. Jamila identifies herself as a fruit of the diaspora. She is a project manager in women's economic empowerment, a model, and a graduate of a bachelor's degree in international relations and international law. In 2015, she decided to rethink the world by changing it on her own scale. Together with four other women, she founded Seaspora, a media platform for young African women around the world. Through this media, she aspires to create a space where the voices of these young women will be amplified, respected, and their ideas put forward while allowing them to find community. Her diasporic identity is at the heart of all the initiatives in which she takes part. From project management to the artistic direction of inclusive projects, she uses different mediums to share her expertise. Welcome to the podcast, Jamila. Thank you for having me. How are you doing these days? It's been a difficult slash weird experience. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a weird season, basically, in, in which we are right now. But I think it's a challenging one in a good way. Um, I, I mean, the aside from all this global pandemic thing and all and all that for for mm-hmm. us who are who are still um trying to 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 just be and become i think it's a it's, it's a challenging times and and i and i don't know how this world will turn out at the end of all that we're experiencing at the mo- at the moment but i do want to be mm-hmm. optimistic yeah i totally get that uh, I have been uh, reading, trying to get back to sport, um, emphasis on trying. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I have been um, trying to cook as well, uh, to basically just taking care of, of my of myself, of my body, of my home, um, buying more plants that I did, spend more time on Amazon as well. <laughs> um, and I've been working as well. So, yeah. All things to just trying to keep my, myself busy. What about what about you? I've been doing the same. I think lots <laughs> of uh, online shopping that I shouldn't yeah. be doing. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I've been watching um, the show "I May Destroy You" by Michaela Cole, mm. um, and she's a woman from England, somewhere in England. Okay. Um, but she has this amazing show called "I May Destroy You," um, and it's a content warning. It's about sexual violence and sexual assault. But it's just so beautifully done. And so she's just incredible. I'm such a big fan of hers. Mm. Uh, and she also has a show called Chewing Gum that I really used to like um, oh, that was on Netflix. So definitely recommend if you're looking for some young uh, young women to follow, young women of color in particular, black women in particular. Okay. Uh, Michaela Cole is amazing. <laughs> Good to know. Good to know. So yeah, tell us a little bit about Sayaspora and what you guys are doing and, and how this came about. Yeah, sure. So basically, Sayaspora is a media that um, amplifies the voices of young African women all around the world. Uh, we're a collective of uh, young, intelligent, and bold African women in the diaspora. So we we are based here in uh, Montreal. And what we do is that we create online and offline uh, content for also bold, intelligent African women in the diaspora as well. We we are creating spaces for them to find community and share their own stories and be listened to. 
Um, so that's basically what we're doing. Like we host events, we have an online blog and much more. And I really encourage you to go check it out. It's www.cspoha.com. Um, and, and why did we started this Cspoha uh, platform media uh, thing. <laughs> it's it's basically because um well I, I mean the idea of of Sayaspora started when I was when I was in Morocco because I lived in Morocco for ten years. I'm originally from uh, Ivory Coast, mm-hmm. uh, and when I was there, um, I I literally grew up there, um, and mm-hmm. I arrived here in Montreal for university. But when I was there, um, I couldn't find any media um, that could um, represents all the stories of African women uh, stemming from all the corner of the continent, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and either they were coming from North Africa, South Africa, East Africa, yeah. West Africa, and all the all the information that I could find was only and main and mainly um, either it was only for Black Africans or only mm-hmm. for North Afri- Africans, and I and I was really eager to see this platform with all these women all together um, and and being able to inspire each other. Each other. So when I arrived mm-hmm. here, I literally just decided to create what I couldn't see, what I couldn't find. Um, yeah. This this community that was that that I that I needed when I was growing up. Um, mm-hmm. So that's why I, I I went to look for co-founders, um, and then I, we were all young women stemming from all the four corners of the continent. We started as a simple blog, uh, trying to share stories, doing interviews mm-hmm. with with uh, African women. Either they were on the continent or in the diaspora, and from that beginning, it was in 2015 to now in 2020, uh, we've reached um, more than 20,000 people online. Um, we are a collective of again incredible intelligent African women. We have mm-hmm. uh, writers all across the world, and it's just really beautiful to see this community that we were able to build together, and and the sisterhood that is really the the foundation of who we are as a platform. I think that's so wonderful, especially seeing all the work that you've done on your social media, especially, and it's so beautifully crafted um, and artistic, the way you represent the organization. And for me, that's really interesting as well, because so I'm South African, notion that uh, looking at the diversity of Africa itself as a continent, I think is really unique. What was the transition from Côte d'Ivoire to Morocco like for you? Jeez, girl. It was, it was I can tough. imagine it was difficult. It was, uh-huh. tough. it was difficult. It was tough. It was challenging. Mm-hmm. All those words. It was. It was. Woo. Um, I was not ready, and I don't think that any um, kid will be ready. I, I mean, any black kid will be ready yeah. to uh, go from Cote d'Ivoire to uh, Morocco. To Morocco uh, mm. at such a young age, I was what I was seven years old when I oh, moved wow. uh, because of the political war that was hap- happening in uh, Cote d'Ivoire, mm-hmm. uh, and so we moved there with my family, and and it was just tough because I discovered that I was black there mm. i i to be truly honest i didn't know yeah. like even though my stepfather is white but you know i i didn't i didn't realize that it was a thing 
you know, yeah. that that he that my skin color had um, that much of weight in 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 the eye of the society, you know, and specifically mm-hmm. this this society uh, in Morocco because there is a lot of race racism there, mm-hmm. um, such such as any other country. But but there is it's, it's really um, particular because um, I was asked how it was in Africa, even though I was still on the continent. So yeah. Times um, I grew up next to um, fellow Africans, but they did not consider themselves as being Africans. I mean, not all of them, but a lot of them. And and gladly, it's not the um, narrative that I decided to keep. Mm-hmm. I really wanted to uh, see above it and rise above it as well, not let my skin color define who I was. I am so much more than the amount of melanin that I have in my body. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I also dis- decided that the experience that I had in Morocco, the bad experience with race, with racism, will not um, uh, erase all the good things that this country has to offer, um, mm. and and all the beautiful moments that I that I spend there with friends that that I call family right right now who are all of them Moroccans as well, but it was mm. truly challenging to define myself um, at such a young age. And I, I arrived there at seven and I left at 17. Um, oh, wow. And it was, you know, it's a crucial moment for a young mm-hmm. woman. Um, it's it's everything. It's um, it's the moment where you start to define who you want to become in the world. It's the moment where you're trying to get the attention of boys, but you're not the one who's getting uh, all mm-hmm. the attention because you're literally the 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 contrary of what is considered to be the beauty standard, right? Mm, so yeah. it was really tough, but it but it was a. Uh, I I think in in uh, my life path, um, it it was something that right now I truly embrace because it was the um, that I needed the base that I that I needed to be able to become the woman that I am today. Yeah, I think having such a foundational experience. Mm-hmm. Definitely helps us a lot, even though it's kind of built on trauma and built on struggle and difficulties so often. But when we get to an age where we can reflect back on it, I think it's incredible that you've been able to have that sort of internal reflection and then produce something like this out of that. Felicitations for for such a like wonderful journey that you've come on. How has that impacted the work that you've been doing with Sayaspora? One hundred. It was because I had all the reasons to not create Sayaspora, like mm-hmm. all of them. I, I all of them. <laughs> <laughs> Simply because, like, I grew up in Morocco. I grew up on the continent. Then I arrived here. I could have just, you know, like, um, turned my back on all of those things and be like, nah, it's 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 way too deep for me to try to solve it, mm-hmm. right? But I was so eager to 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 find uh, um, what I couldn't see, and I'm also really stubborn as a person. <laughs> Um, when I see a problem, I want to find a sol- a solution, and especially when it's when it's uh, connected somehow to myself and somehow to uh, my family as well. I could truly re- remember that when I started uh, crafting the idea of Sespa in my in my head, I I thought about my um, cousins um, 
who were growing up on the continent as well and who were probably mm-hmm. going to university uh, here in Canada. And she's actually here now. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I was thinking of, of uh, her and, and be like, I want her to grow up with the things that I didn't have. Yeah. I want her to be able to go online and find and easily find inspiration to motivate her to become the woman that she she's supposed to become, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and all those all those challenges will definitely um the the foundations to what um uh, motivate me to build Sayaspora and and what keeps me going as well. Um because it's uh, one thing that we say in in the team is that I mean one one thing that I say a lot in the team <laughs> is is that it's a it's a project that consistently um, is uh, above us and and it's it moved just so fast and we're trying to fill a gap with mm-hmm. media with this platform but this gap is so huge for what we can envision that it's constantly um it's constantly a uh, demand more of us but in a good way so it means that what we're doing truly matters because we keep getting test testimonies just like yours like that Sayaspora is a place um where i belong to Sayaspora is a place where i can uh go there and and feel connected to the to, to the mission so each time that i'm tired that i want to stop for xyz reason i I'm, I'm just reminded that what we do matters and what we do uh, um is not at the end of the day for us even though we profit of it because we are also part of the diaspora and we also need yeah. this, this 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 space but it's in the end for our community mm-hmm. i love that i think you're exactly right on is we do this sort of work both to benefit us, but in the long run to benefit the community mm-hmm. members and that it is above us. It's not just yeah. about us, yeah. which I think is wonderful. I imagine there have been some challenges that you faced doing this work. Have there been any in particular that were hard that you were able to overcome or deal with that you think other youth might benefit from as they do similar work in their communities? Yeah, um, I, I think one thing that that is um that was particular when, when we started Sayaspora and that still is um uh, considering what happened with Black Lives Matter. Um it's it's the fact that when we started people did not understand, I mean specifically here in Montreal, people did not understand the need for such a platform. Mm-hmm. Um, they did not uh understand it, they did not view us as a media, they view us as a community a community work type of thing and it's not bad that it's a community work but you know when you say community work you don't think about um you don't directly think about the media that we are right yeah um, they're trying to diminish what you're doing by exactly by associating it that way yeah exactly it's like individuals who does not want to be integrated in the society mm. just doing their things um, um by themselves and that's it um, and some people question the value and the necessity to have such a plat- platform for African women in the diaspora mm-hmm. uh, and, and also only women, not men. Mm. Uh, um, and, and among ourselves, uh, creating spaces for us by us. And even though all of our events are open to all, we encourage people from other um, origins to attend our, our event because we truly want to share our stories and and yeah, just 
share it, share who we are. Um, so they did not understand that. So we had a lot of challenges getting funding. We were um, underestimated at so many levels, so many times. But with Black Lives Matter, with all the things that happened in the past few uh, weeks, people started to understand why <laughs> we needed mm. spaces. And, and, and for me, like it was just really interesting to see because what um, the society were... Um, were, were, uh, was saying um, um, at so many levels uh, regarding Black Lives Matter, re- regarding the lack of uh, Black people in uh, media, re- regarding uh, so many bl- brands that got canceled and, and all mm-hmm. those things. We were like, we've been doing the work. We've been saying all mm-hmm. you. We've been saying that for five years, but it takes... Um, it takes such a movement of Black Lives. It takes our blood for you to listen to us. Mm-hmm. It's not. It, it didn't sit right with me um, yeah. at first, but but at the end of the day, I was like, but at least now it's a conversation that is. Um, I mean, it's a subject that now is a conversation and not a debate anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, now we all understand that those spaces are. Um, places where our community can thrive can be their own selves can 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 just be themselves free as as free individuals and when we create a community space it's not it's not uh, in in opposition or contradiction to what the mainstream society is doing. It's not that we're creating the space because we do not feel included, include in what you are um, doing. We do not feel in, in, include in the media who are mainstream right now in Montreal. So we mm-hmm. have the need to create our own space so that we can share our own stories um, with our own words and and with our own narration as well and and it, it was really interesting for me to to see what happened with black lives matter and to see how it um had an impact on sayas but a good a good one because people started following us giving us mm. funds all those things that we've been um we've been saying since we were creating right yeah so, um, that that was one of the challenge um, that I that I can um, that I wanted to talk about because when you underestimate a, plat- a platform, there are so many other challenges that can um, that can uh, 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 be created from from it. Meaning that when you when you underestimate that you don't understand the value of of a space such as Sayaspora, we does we we do not get funding, so mm-hmm. we do not get paid for the work that we do. Um, so we cannot have the reach that we're supposed to have and connect uh, with who we're supposed to connect. So so um, when there's some one one thing that I could say to let's to, to, to let's say non um, black person and not only non black person but uh, non people of color is mm-hmm. will it, it will truly be like when you do not understand something, do not be against it right away. Try to understand why there is a need. Why does a community? feel the needs to uh, create X, Y, Z things. If mm-hmm. you don't understand it, try to um, understand it. Take a step back, put your ego down and 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 have this conversation because um, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's about time. 
Yeah, I think that's brilliant advice that non-racialized folks need to take into account for sure, mm-hmm. especially as you're saying, like, look at what it takes for them to listen mm-hmm. is this extent of, of like bloodshed yeah. that only then they're paying attention and, and that shouldn't be the case. You brought up funding as a challenge as well. And that's been something that a lot of different guests on the podcast have said is that as racialized youth, as Black and Indigenous and racialized young people, it's so hard for people to give us money. Like they don't want to give us money. The infrastructure isn't there. Uh, The money is catered to white Mm -hmm. people and particularly older white people doing Mm -hmm. the work around advocacy when it's in our communities that the the work is really happening. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's bizarre, and it's it, it, it makes sense because of the systemic racism that exists, but yeah. that that continues to be a challenge for so many of us. It truly, truly is because um, when when you look at all these um, organizations who are getting created, who are being created by um, by uh, leaders, youth leaders uh, of colors, um, it's all grassroots organizations that are answering to a specific need that needs to be answered and all Mm -hmm. all organizations who are getting uh, multiple million dollars of funding each year does not tackle right um uh, so 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 that's i think it's it's important to um to revise the way that the funding is is uh shared because um when I I used to work in in an organization um, who were in who was in a building full of other organizations, uh, specifically women's organizations, mm-hmm. um, and all these organizations were uh, led by white women who were mm-hmm. in their mid thirties, forties. Yeah, and all these organizations were feminist organizations here in Quebec. Mm-hmm. And when I worked in this building, I was like, okay, but this is not the face of feminism that I know. Why mm-hmm. Why does the face of feminism that I know, who is more uh, aligned with what we need now as, as, as a community, as a society, um, does not get funding, but you have a whole building? Like, I, I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> you're so right. You're exactly right. That is the, that is the crux of the argument is that why is one more valuable than the other why is this being funded while we are not why is it that we aren't allowed to function and work in our own communities for the betterment of our own communities but white people can they're allowed that access it doesn't make sense that's so 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 true because all the fund fund funding that's that they received were funding um to help uh, marginalized communities so Mm -hmm basically us so, so i was like what's why do we do not get the money like what how um i but i do think that it's um it's starting to change i mm-hmm. hope so because um lately i've seen a, a a grants um uh shared by heritage canada that was mm-hmm. um, aiming to help specifically uh black led organizations to buy some uh, materials and restructures their offices and and it's a really really easy grant to um to fill out so unfortunately the the deadline is like for literally in 3 days so <laughs> <laughs> so i don't think that it will be relevant uh for for people who are lis- listening to us but i think that they they are trying to um mm-hmm. 
to to be more accessible uh, uh, to to us because one thing that I also uh, uh, found uh, when I started uh, writing grants for um, Sayaspora, I, I mean, filling out grants for Sayaspora, it was that all of the grants were extremely uh, also complicated to yes. um, to to fill out, and and this is also an issue if you mm-hmm. know that you wanna. You, you want these grants to go toward marginalized communities. You have to understand that those marginalized co- communities also um, lack of, uh, of, of uh, certain skills due, to, um, due to, to their geographic situation, due to the education that they, were, that, that, that they had access to because of the global thing that is systemic racism. So mm-hmm. we have, to, I mean, we, they have to, to, <laughs> to uh, understand that in order for us to be able to get those grants, they have to um, talk to us via those grants. They have mm-hmm. to, I mean, it would be great, you know, to fill out a grant without us being uh, having to use more marginalized, uh, marginalized. communities, mm-hmm. all those words <sighs> in grant yeah. because it's it's not an uplifting. Uh, um, it's 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 not lifting words and and mm-hmm. we're not among ourselves in diaspora talk about ourselves as being marginalized girls or, or how to be uh, uh, or if you have mine if we are minorities here in Quebec no we talk about us in an, in an uplifting way but we do know that when we have to fill a grant we do have to use these words because it's yeah. it's those words that will allow us to have those grants so you know there's all those little things that in my opinion opinion needs to change. Yeah, for sure. And I think you have you've made a really important point about the way we talk about ourselves and the way we have to talk about our communities mm-hmm. in order to get money, whether it's from uh, other nonprofits, community groups, the government, whatever. But we have to almost uh, continuously describe our oppression yes. and how how terrible the situation is and how desperate we are for money <laughs> and it's they make us like beg for it which is just ridiculous yes it truly 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 is and and i'm just like i i'm it's I love filling out grants. I love asking money to the government to people for assessment. It's truly something that I, that I enjoy doing a budget. I just love it. Um, and you get to talk about the work that you're doing and share the awesome stuff that's coming out of Sayaspora or whatever other projects young people are doing. Yeah, um, um, I mean, you mean in Sayaspora, what's what we are planning for the future? Oh, no, I just mean, um, like when you're talking about liking writing grants and applying to grants, yeah. it's um, while we have to do almost this like dehumanizing work of yeah. lowering ourselves. Mm. The other part of it is that we're also sharing the amazing work that we're doing in our exactly. community. And that's the fun part is to talk about how awesome that stuff is. Yeah. And, and, and doing budget because I love money. So <laughs> <laughs> all this, all, all, all this thing, but the least part that I, that I, like is to translate uh, myself when I want to say bold African woman. I know that I have to say marginalized yeah. black woman. And I just, ugh, I just, these things need to change. And yes, I don't know absolutely. how it will. I don't know especially, specifically who we can reach out to make it change, but it mm-hmm. definitely do need to change. Yeah. And I think that's the systemic part of it is that yeah. it's just entrenched in everything is where do you begin? How do you start? Who do you go to? Mm-hmm. Who is the person that decides to make this change? Yeah. Um, and I want to jump back to what you're saying about um, 
the issue of in Quebec folks not realizing what this was initially um, and in, in Montreal and as well as as a as a Quebecer who is now in <laughs> Ontario <laughs> um, <laughs> um, like it I think it makes a lot of sense like Quebec has this very different relationship with understanding systemic oppression and systemic racism <laughs> and even so recently we see politicians saying that it doesn't exist in our communities but we know it does because we are the people of color who who live and work and, and have our families there um have you found that a challenge or or a narrative that you've had to deal with um specific to quebec but as well as the rest of canada and is is there a difference do you think between working in the quebec and in the montreal environment compared to say folks who are in toronto mm. or in vancouver and in bigger uh, municipalities mm. I mean, um, it's, it's, um, I don't know how to say that, but it's a two way street Two way. Mm -hmm. let's say that because, um, because of the work that I do and because of the fact that I'm a project of Fissery that I also worked, um, with a lot of NGOs, um, all of my network is a network that's truly, uh, aware of all those things. So I am surrounded by be a pole and by a community, either it's on my social media or uh, at work, who knows all those things. So I don't mm -hmm. feel um, alienated when I talk about systemic race, racism. I don't think, I don't feel like I'm, I'm, I'm teaching somebody anything about when I, when I talk about um, all the injustice that we um, feel as uh, being a minority here in Quebec, even though I have a lot of issues with, with this word, but that's another story for mm -hmm. another day. Um, uh, so, so I do think that there is a community, a young community who is uh, away, uh, um, aware and awake um, and who are who is not afraid to use those words. I do think that the ones who are afraid to use these words are the ones who are um, in in were in the institutions, the ones who uh, want to keep the, stat the statue quo the way that it is, the one um, who want to work with marginalized girls, but who do not want to do the actual work to change the structure of their organizations. I, I, so, so there is, um, there is, uh, I do think that there's two narratives who are co-existing co here in Montreal specifically. Um, the one that is really led by the youth and the other one who was still really comfortable with the status quo and who's saying that systemic racism does not exist. Because mm. when you profit from a system for so long and when we say that this system does not benefit other communities, it creates a discomfort. So you do not want to feel discomfort. You do not want to lose the the, fund, the, the funding. You do not want to lose um, a specific uh, com community that you know will elect you if you say that systemic racism uh, does not exist. You know, so so, so there is um, greater, um, 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 not greater, but but others uh, um, things uh, en jeu. <laughs> <laughs> for better word, uh, no, that's okay. And and um, it's it's truly like this uh, duality that is uh, that is rhythm in here in Montreal. And I, yeah. I'm not familiar with all of the rest of Canada, but what we are, what we did um, at Seaspora, um during the the grant that we just received is that we created a network of uh, like-minded. Um, uh, associations 
uh, organizations all across Canada who are working with uh, African women um, uh, here in Canada. So what we want to do now is that we want to exchange uh, uh, um practices, tips, mm-hmm. tricks uh, uh, to to be able to be more reactive when there is, let's say, like another uh, wave, just like the, the one that we ex- experienced with Black Lives Matter or mm-hmm. uh, simply to help each other with, with all those grants funding and, and share all the grants that we find, share our expertise as well. So so it's all those things that we're trying to do with this network that we are uh, current, currently uh, creating because um, even though they do not want to say that systemic racism uh, exists, even though they do not want to understand why we need the spaces that we're creating, either it's Sayaspora or your platform as well, um, we need to help each other because I truly think that it's also by doing that, that we'll be able to uplift each other, each others, and and think in abundance and not scarcity. But also, I think that I do think that our uh, that our community, and by our community, I'm thinking of about all the all the communities who are identified as being part of the minority here in Canada. That mm-hmm. we need to have a mindset of abundance. Mm. Uh, when we find a grant, we need to share that grant. When we find an opportunity, we need to bring another organization with with yeah. us because it's by uplifting each other that we'll be able to um, to 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 really establish our organizations and create a greater impact beautifully said you're correct like the salt we need to demonstrate solidarity not only in our speech and in the way we speak about one another but actively bring together other organizations other communities other folks who are doing work when we have success and when we find things Mm -hmm. um, that can work for us to bring each other along I think is really important um, you talked a little bit about the grant that you guys got that allowed you to do this project. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's probably a, a huge success for you guys. Mm-hmm. How else have you measured your success and what have been some of the fulfilling parts of the work you've done? Um, I mean, uh, the, the grant that, that we received, um, the, the name of the project was Renforcement 360. It mm-hmm. aimed to establish a better uh, govern, governance in diaspora. It, it helped us to establish better uh, communication uh, 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 ways um, and, and also helped us to um, create a better way to... Um, work with our finances and all those things, really like a 360 kind of uh, okay. um, foundation for Sayaspora in order for us to become the media that we know that we can be. Yeah, um, that's amazing. And, and and it was really an accomplishment because it took us five years to get a grant like that. It took also us five years to take ourselves more seriously as well in the work that we were doing um, because it took us like I, I would say four years to uh, to um, register ourselves as a non-for-profit um, because we did not um, first of all want to in the be- in the beginning but when we started like uh, uh, be- becoming bigger and bigger we're like okay it's probably time to um, get our 
thing together yeah. <laughs> and, and, uh, and actually um, register ourselves and start uh, asking for funds and, and truly like try to take these platforms to the next level. And, and we are working towards that. We are, um, I, I mean, I am extremely happy to see um, where we are, where, where we are now as a, as a team um because it's it's uh we are working on a volunteer basis so it's like a challenge in itself to sustain a platform um on a volunteer basis um Mm -hmm. but it took us a lot of trials and errors along like the last the the past uh five years in order for us to be really um um connected as a collective to truly uh uh, uh, fill all those words of sisterhood, of of helping uh, your sis, your sisters in time of need. And what we are reflecting as a media now is truly um, who we are and what we are as a core of our organization. And it's beautiful to see. And for me, it's how I measure this is the success of Sayaspora is to mm-hmm. be able to um, to identify that we are an authentic. Uh, organization that what we say is what we do um and and what we say is what we are as well um because it's really easy to to portray a certain thing and not um and not uh be that thing uh internally even though we do face challenges even though uh, we 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 yeah we do face talent challenges but but to know that you have a strong team with who you can face any challenges and still um, in trials and ear and errors and all of those uh, things uh, come out of it uh, with more lessons with more uh, uh, maturity as a team mm-hmm. beautiful thing to uh, accomplish and for me it's one of uh, my greater uh, my my greatest uh, factor of success especially in diaspora because when we talk about uh, being a leader there is also the team, right? There's also yeah. uh, how do you work with your team? And I started Saspora when I was so, so young. I mean, not that young, <laughs> but I was like, what? I was 17, 18. That's young. That's very young. <laughs> yeah, I was young. <laughs> uh, and, I'm, and, and, and I'm still young, but, but at, mm-hmm. at that time, um, I, I, um, I didn't know anything about managing a team. I didn't know mm-hmm. anything about uh, intelli- uh, emotional intel- intelligence. I didn't know anything about how to um, how to be a good leader, right? And and, and it took it took me time to actually learn uh, how to be a good leader, how to work with my team, how to create a, co- a cohesive team, how to um, yeah, it 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 takes time but the result of it is um is beautiful because when you when you have an amazing team who is um who is aligned with the true mission of the platform who understand the mission of the platform it's not the leader and the team is truly like the same group who's moving at the same time towards the same goal and it's just create um a better and a greater impact at the end of the day 
Exactly. I think you have once again, like hit the nail on the head. (laughs) You're so right. And I think it's been wonderful to watch how much you've accomplished. I think we've known each other, like what has been two years now or something? No, a year, a year. (laughs) (laughs) Meeting in color. (laughs) Um, But to to have maintained this, this working relationship, I think has been so cool for me to see all the work that you've been doing with Sayaspora, the modeling that you do, the representation, to see you everywhere and to see to see your face everywhere and the work that you're doing has been amazing. And I'm so happy that we have gotten to connect and hear about the successes that you've had with Sayaspora. What are some of the opportunities that you have available for other young um young African women to get involved with the work that you're doing? Yeah, sure. Um it's truly funny because it's September it will be the anniversary of Sayaspora, like literally two days before the anniversary. So it's actually- oh wow. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's so many ways to get involved. I mean, so many ways. There's there's, there's like three ways, but it's three amazing ways. Um, <laughs> I would say that that the first one is truly uh, to become a writer in Sayaspora, um, because uh, as I said, we do have writers uh, all across the world. We have a team of seventeen write writers right now if you want to share your stories if you want to share um anything a poem a text uh a photo shoot that you did write us um at info at sayaspora.com and we'll be able to review the content and hopefully publish it we received um content all all uh, around the the year so it's really like a um it's really like an, an all-time thing and don't hesitate to um, send them your content. It will be more than glad to uh, put it online. Um, I would say that the second way um, will be to uh, check out our social medias because we, um, even though we are a collective, we do um, re- recruit towards uh, the year so that you can be part of the collective and be an active member of the team. Either you will be working um, on the blog, on creating content for us for social media, on uh, doing projects, on working for um, in our partnerships port- portfolio. We do have um, opportunities as well who are shared uh, uh, during the year on our social media. We are mainly on Instagram and on Facebook at, um, at Sayaspora. Um, and, and the last thing is if you have the mean, you can also support us uh, by donating. Uh, we do have uh, um, we do have a donation uh, tab on our website. Uh, again, it's a volunteer based work that we do. So we are constantly looking for funds. <laughs> <laughs> so, so if you have the min um we have a paypal account <laughs> so so we can uh so so all the funds that you will uh, send us will go directly uh di- directly towards uh, the project that we will be creating either it's online content or um online content being our upcoming podcast or um, our online festivals that we do from time to time, or it will be also uh, for physical uh, space, since even though right now we are um, during a global pandemic, so that will will be hard, but we do have so many 
event and i truly encourage you uh, to go uh, and learn about them on our uh, website www.sayaspora.com Amazing. Thank you so much. And I think the one thing you, you've mentioned a few times as well that I think is so important to highlight is that so often this community, um, or not community work, but work that we do in our communities mm-hmm. um, is unpaid. And the people who are doing it are Black women, are Indigenous women, are racialized women, and young young women at that. Um, and so if you have the means, please support Sayaspara. Um, and also something for our listeners to maybe reflect on is that a lot of them will be in similar situations where this work you often have to do simultaneously while working a job so you can pay your bills and and having other streams of income so that you can self-fund whatever project or initiative you're working on. um, And that's difficult. And so um, stay tuned. Leading in Color will soon be creating a space where we can talk about these issues um, and, and share with one another and help one another um figure out how to how to do this work while not burning out and while not getting frustrated and and while when we do have those have a space to to talk to one another so something to stay tuned for um but before we let you go mm-hmm. we have our final segment that we recently added to the podcast this summer um called how i would end racism mm-hmm. so as young leaders of color we're constantly actually trying to reduce the harm that racism has um, both on ourselves as well as in our communities mm. while we do work to end it. But imagine if we could do that instantly. Um, so what is your funniest pitch or most creative way that you would end racism? Would you snap your fingers and every every racist just disappear? Or <laughs> would you, I don't know, would you jump up in a hot air balloon and it just yeah. take us all away from them? What would what would be your way to end racism? Uh, what? one thing that my mother uh, keeps saying and and i don't know if i will be able to translate it in english but i'm going to say it in french first and yes say it in french go for it in english is um ne fais pas aux autres ce que tu n'aimerais pas qu'on te fasse uh, so mm-hmm. don't do to others what you would not like what, to do yourself done. yeah mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> what she said <laughs> um and and it, it's actually funny because um during um this uh, Black Lives Matter weeks that we went through, um, one thing that was really, really, really hard for me it was was that um, most of my closest friends are non-Black people, mm. right? Uh, Non-Black women specifically, and they showed up in different ways. But um, it's and, and keep in mind that these women are just like my family right now they're like my mm-hmm. sisters we share everything and mm-hmm. i discovered that i could not share um that this black experience with them and it crushed mm-hmm. my heart because they could they they could um uh understand me but i couldn't feel it they could yeah. uh, uh, uh feel what i was feeling the rage the anger the the fatigue, everything. They mm-hmm. feel it, even though they wanted to support me. And and, I, and it took me time to understand um, why it was so easy to talk about Black Lives Matter with another Black woman and to talk about Black Lives Matter with um, these women who are my sisters, right? And, and, and it mm-hmm. shocked me. I was like, geez, this is, I truly think that this is the only thing that 
we will naturally be able to share at some mm -hmm. point, even though you want to support me, even though you want to be here for me, even though you are an ally. But it's it it was crazy because I discovered that it couldn't feel it. And and it, yeah, and as, as as juvenile as it is and how uh candid as it may sound, they can they simply cannot feel what we feel and mm -hmm. feel what it what it means for us to be black. They just cannot so mm -hmm. um what i would do to end racism hmm. <laughs> <laughs> to trade places let's trade places yeah. for for a week just just a week a week is enough <laughs> <laughs> a week is enough a week in the life of um of an african black woman with kinky hair is enough for you to understand racism and do and 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 want to stop it in, in immediately a week in in a black woman's skin is enough for you to understand that racism should not even exist because this thing I, i don't it's something that i can easily feel and something that um i can easily uh um i mean ex explain via feelings but not mm -hmm. words on it so i truly think that a way for uh people who are ignorant and who are racist and who are all those things uh it will be for them to be in a black man or black woman or any people of color skin to understand um the beauty that comes with it but also the struggle that comes with it in um in the world that we live in Um, mm -hmm. because I I, I want to talk about, yes, systemic racism, our leaders in place, all those things, but this will take time. Just give me a week. <laughs> <laughs> they'll be tired. By a week, they'll know. Yeah, they'll just, week, they, they won't want to be there anymore. No, they will understand and they will be, and they won't be joking about it anymore. Just, mm -hmm. just give me a week. That's all I need. <laughs> oh, <wait. laughs> I think the Americans have a saying that's like walk another or walk a mile in my shoes or something like that. Yeah. You, like, you can trade places. So I get what you're saying. Um, and <laughs> if only we could trade places, uh, I wonder how they would feel. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, thank you so much for coming. It was wonderful talking thank to you. you. Best yeah. of luck with everything with Sayaspora. Um, and until we next connect. Yes. Thank you so much for, for having me.